This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how inadequate data may be impacting your used vehicle department at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y.com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, December 25th, 2023. Merry Christmas. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, we'll spend this week looking back at the biggest stories of 2023 with members of the Automotive News newsroom. Today, it was another big year for Hyundai and Kia, and it included some big product announcements coming in 2024. Kia is truly, truly taking over that phrase, affordable EVs. We'll look at all of the biggest stories for Korea's largest automotive group in 2023 with Automotive News Hyundai and Kia reporter Carly Schaffner. Carly Schaffner, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks, Jamie. It's good to be back. So let's start with sort of the big news, latest news. Uh, Hyundai announced a partnership with Amazon to allow their dealers to sell through the massive online platform, probably raise more questions than answers at this point. But for our audience that uh, needs a catch up, like where does this stand? When's it getting started and, and how soon can people, you know, shop in their pajamas? Right. So <laughs> Amazon is arguably the largest e-commerce platform on the globe. And when Hyundai announced this news at the LA Auto Show, it became kind of like the marquee announcement, and um, everyone was wondering, how is this going to work? Because even pre-COVID, dealers have been toying with the notion that consumers should have a little bit more easy time to purchase vehicles online. So what Amazon and, and Hyundai are doing is they're really just kind of working together based on a partnership they already had established in, in 2018, which was essentially an online showroom where consumers could go and shop for and build via a configurator, a Hyundai vehicle, and then it would put them right back in the hands of their local dealer. So it was a lead generator of sorts. But now what they're doing is they're leveling up the partnership. They say that you're going to be able to complete the whole transaction end to end, including some challenging things like F&I. And of course, you know, trade-ins is, is a big question mark on how they will facilitate that. But yeah, I mean, there's there are digital natives out there who want this. And of course, with Tesla and Rivian being direct to consumers, it feels more comfortable. There's a lot of research online that consumers can go access on their own. Test drives may not even be to that corner of the buyer, the market, as important as maybe they would to another generation of buyers. So starting in January, Hyundai is going to use 18 of its dealers across some of the major markets in the US, like LA, Denver, and they're going to work out these kinks. And then they're going to be selling direct to Amazon employees in those areas as, as kind of like their beta audience. And they're just going to have to figure out how to, to get this done. So they'll do that pilot and then they'll expand it, offer it up to other Hyundai dealers and and eventually to the the public. 
Yeah, it's a six-month pilot, and then they say at the end of 2024, they'll roll it out to the whole dealer network, Hyundai dealer network, and dealers will be able to opt into it. And then Hyundai Motor Group, which consists of also Genesis, the luxury arm, and then Kia, although you know Kia and Hyundai operate as separate companies. Amazon told us, you and I, that they were thinking of expanding it to those two brands first. And I would say they'll step outside of it once they work everything out. And I will say that Hyundai, the brand itself, does have the competitive edge getting out ahead of this. It's good for consumers to see that they're being innovative. Again, you know, going back even post-COVID, people wanted to buy cars online. So Hyundai starting with Amazon is, is really gives them a competitive edge. So shifting technologies uh, from the digital retail platform to powertrain, Hyundai and the Hyundai Motor Group, but let's stick with, with the Hyundai brand, you know, it has uh, really been leaning in on EVs. They've got some, some great models or some, some exciting models for the mid to upmarket uh, part of the market, uh, but they've really been disadvantaged by being left out of the Inflation Reduction Act, which you know provides the incentives for consumers for vehicles that are made in North America. One of the many, many limits on the IRA, but a, a crucial one being that the vehicles must be assembled in North America. How is Hyundai coping with that? Well, last year after they announced that they were going to invest upwards of $5 billion, which the the amount has now grown, to build a huge battery and EV complex outside of Savannah, Georgia, the Biden administration announced that the there would be tweaks to the Inflation Reduction Act that would limit imported EVs from being eligible for the $7,500 credit. That happened right after they had announced this huge investment. So they were disappointed. I mean, they'll still tell you today. I just spoke with Randy Parker at the Eliotta show, and he still said we were disappointed. We're still disappointed. But there is a provision within the IRA that allows consumers to have the $7,500 passed through the captive if they choose to lease. Um, so that's been really attractive, and they've been leaning on that hard. And with the Ionic 6 sedan, which came out, which is their newest entry, um, Randy said that that was a uh, 60% leasing mix. So consumers are really wanting that tax credit. I mean, I don't blame them. And then for Ionic 5, which was their first entry, um, I mean, their first dedicated entry, we can't forget the Kona, that is transacting at 50% lease. So that's been helping them move units. It's been keeping you know their products competitive with the other North American builds. I mean, now now it's all about material sourcing and, and battery assembly, um, but it's keeping them competitive with other EVs in the market. That's really interesting. Yeah, fifty percent and above uh, lease penetration is is very high. Um, almost certainly necessary to compete, especially with the way Tesla has been cutting prices in those competitive segments. What's the progress like at the Savannah site that's under construction? When is that going to open? It seems like they had tried to accelerate some of the timelines given the disadvantage on tax credits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they want this thing done and built and ready to go so they can bring, and they're bringing six vehicles, six EVs, to the US. They're partnering with um, LG Energy Solutions. 
and they are um, going to be building batteries on site at the complex. They upped their investment amount by about $2 billion, and I think it's going to bring about 8,500 jobs to the area. So this is a really big undertaking. They originally said that they would be done in the beginning of 2025, but I know Jose Munoz is really pushing, and Randy, again, at the LA Auto Show said they are accelerating as much as they can. And so they're shooting for Q3 of 2024. Or hoping for. He said at least early prototypes would be rolling off the lines by then. So they're moving fast. It's and it's so hard to accelerate construction of a factory, but if anybody would do it, it would be Hyundai. Right. And they just <laughs> celebrated their their one year of groundbreaking. And I've seen photos and I mean, they are building fast and there's a lot of construction workers out there and um, it's actually quite impressive. Coming up. Carly and Jamie talk more about Hyundai and Kia's big product plans and what else to look for in 2024. That's next on Daily Drive. The auto industry's shift to carbon neutrality is here and it's accelerating. But is it enough? This is a moral imperative, an economic imperative, a moment of peril, but also a moment of extraordinary possibilities. No more hesitancy, no more excuses, no more waiting for the others to move first. There is simply no more time for that. Driving to Zero is a new podcast series from Automotive News that looks at the auto industry's roadmap to carbon neutrality. We take a big picture look at the environmental, political, and social trends pushing the move toward a greener future. And we pull back the curtain on how these decisions are being made at the highest levels. I said, you know, the, the headline that you need is is GM believes in an all-electric future. And I think Dan Ammon and Mary Barra pretty much said the same thing, which is, is like, but, but we, we don't. Spoiler alert, they came around to that idea. Find out how and much more. I'm Jake Neer. Join me and Automotive News Executive Editor Jamie Butters on Driving to Zero, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Lack of inventory, increased auction fees, and a volatile market means stocking your lot can be challenging these days. To be successful, you have to move fast. You need to make decisions quickly at auction. You need to inspect trade-ins and decide on an offer that will benefit you without slowing down the sales process. You need to appraise and price vehicles with the most up-to-date information possible in a market that can change quickly. But the data you rely on to make these decisions could be holding you back. How often do you find yourself manually filtering through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? When unexpected mechanical issues come up, how much time do you have to spend looking back through comps to reprice the vehicle and determine if the reconditioning costs are worth it? How long do you spend searching through individual auction and third-party websites for the inventory you need? These problems affect the entire used vehicle process from acquisition to appraisal to merchandising. Visit reyrey.com slash used cars to explore how old and irrelevant vehicle information may be holding you back and discover how to make improvements for faster, more accurate, and more profitable decisions. That's reyrey.com slash used cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. We're listening to my conversation with Carly Schaffner, reporter covering Hyundai and Kia for Automotive News. We're talking about those brands' biggest stories in 2023 and looking ahead at their plans for the coming year. Here's more of our conversation. 
Before I let you go, I want to make sure we talk at least a little about Kia, Hyundai's uh, sibling brand, uh, biggest rival in many ways, but also, you know, they share a lot of uh, platforms and technology, a lot of excitement around the EV9. Yeah, absolutely. And we're waiting any minute. When's it coming out? Uh, Might spill over a little bit into 2024 in terms of on sale. But the EV9 is essentially pioneering the three-row kid hauler segment for EVs. There's nothing out there like it in the the mainstream. Of course, the Tesla Model X, which is quite expensive, has a third row, although it's a little bit tight in the back. This is a boxy Unlike the Tesla, which leans more into um, aerodynamics, this is a boxy, rugged, off-roading type aesthetic. It it looks like the Telluride, which is their lightning in a bottle crossover, of course. And it's going to be affordable. I think they announced that it would be mid 50,000. It's going to go, it's going to have over 300 miles in range in one of its lightest configurations, um, which is a rear drive with a long range battery. So it's meant to be affordable. And then what's really important to highlight is that Hyundai, again, uh, nimble production capability. They're bringing the EV9 production to the US, to the West Point factory, which they, again, increased investment on the factory to retool it for electrification. So more investment funds going there. And then that way they can capture that $7,500 tax incentive. But Eric Watson, who is Kia's sales chief, has said they will lean on uh, leasing again until they can get that credit passed down for buyers. Do we know the price of the EV9? I would assume it would be above the threshold for uh, for the EV tax credits. The threshold is 70000 for SUVs. And I believe that configured at the highest end, which I think they are doing. They've confirmed the GT line. Yeah, they have. That's probably going to creep past the 70,000. But the other more everyday, you know, less sporty, I mean, it's a rugged vehicle, but they put the GT line stuff on it goes really fast. So then you lose range too, but that's going to be $50,000 range. Okay. So a a little more manageable, a little more in reach. Uh, But Kia does have uh, some plans for some more affordable EVs, uh, stuff in the the mid thirties. What's the timing like on that? Is that coming soon? We, we, We need it soon. Yeah, we do need it soon, but we need that meta plant to open as well before it really makes a difference. So in LA, um, in addition to the revised uh, Sorento they showed, which which has similar styling to the EV9 and the t- Telluride, which is not a surprise, Kia also debuted two EV concepts, the EV3 and the EV4. And the EV3 was a Celto-sized crossover, and then the EV4 is a sedan with Kia Forte similar dimension, so both small. And prior to that, Kia CEO said that the new models will be two of four affordable EVs coming to the US. So we will have to wait and see in terms of whether they bring it to production. They have a good habit of doing it. They show concepts that they typically build. And Steve Center, the Kia America COO, did confirm that, yes, they're not they going to build it, but yes, that's their pattern of 
of showing concept and then building them. Um, and then these both should start in the mid 30,000 range, which would make them affordable EVs. And I just want to put in there that Honda had initially said it was going to come out with in 2027, I believe the timing was an offering of affordable EVs, which they've now canceled the GM. And so I think the term affordable EVs can be transferred from the Honda, the promise from Honda over to Kia, because now Kia is truly truly taking over that phrase, affordable EVs. All right. Well, we'll see what they bring to market and when and how the competition continues to grow between Hyundai, Kia, and even Honda. Carly yeah. Schaffner, thanks so much for joining me today. My pleasure. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on Hyundai and Kia and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a look at the huge year that Tesla had in 2023. You know, at the beginning of the year, January, mid-January, they just slashed prices and, you know, they worked. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.